Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern. I'm so grateful to have you here with me this week. We are going to be in Psalm 90, verse 14 today. We're going to be pulling some truth out and making a choice. And with us again today is Crystal Wright, my very dear friend. Crystal, thanks for coming back. Yes. Hi, friend. So I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 90, verse 14. And then, Crystal, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you start today by helping us to look at the context and start unpacking some truth for us. Psalm 90, verse 14 says this, Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Crystal, talk to me about how this verse impacts you, the context of it, what God's been speaking to you through this verse specifically in this past week. Yeah, I started getting more and more excited about this verse as I was reading just the whole chapter and then looking at who wrote this verse and at what time this passage was written. Our best guess is that Psalm 90 was written by Moses, who is described at the beginning as the man of God. Mm. So there's a chance this could actually be one of the first Psalms, most you know earliest dated Psalms that we have. A scholar's best guess is that Moses was writing this Psalm during the years of wandering that took place in the desert. During that time, there was some really significant things that happened. Obviously, there was a whole generation of people that actually passed away as part of of the judgment of God for their disobedience. And so this was a time where the people of God were constantly on the move. They didn't have a home. This was the time that Miriam, Moses's sister, died. Mm -hmm. It was during this time period that Moses actually uh, had a moment of disobedience with God and The consequence of that was actually that he wasn't able to enter into the promised land, and it was also the time that his brother died. So there's this really significant 40-year time period where Moses is leading the people of God, but they're in this huge time of of transition and really of uh, death and a whole generation passing away. And so I was just struck by that, how that changes a little bit, how we read the psalm and how we look at that verse specifically that talks about, well, satisfy us with your love, God, but it's not exactly the most upbeat time in Moses's life, probably, or in the history of Israel. And the thing that stood out to me, you know, as I would read it, is there's this overarching theme that's taking place in this whole chapter. I think Moses is very intentionally acknowledging and putting focus on the eternal nature of God. He talks about that through this whole entire chapter, and it's in contrast to temporary and the fleeting life that we live as human beings. And so you have this really clear contrast that's happening. Moses really understood that we live our lives out in the presence of a holy God. And that's just the whole theme of this chapter, this reality and the weight of the fact that every single day that we live is lived out in the presence of this sovereign and this holy God. Moses saw that firsthand because he saw the amazing presence of God through these miraculous deliverance of the people of God. And the miraculous provision of the people of God through all of their travels, all of their wandering. And then he also saw the other side of seeing the presence of the judgment of God 
the rightful judgment of God. Even those years of wandering was a result of the rightful judgment of God. Moses's own Mm. inability to get to enter into the promised land was because of the rightful and holy judgment of God. And so Moses is acknowledging that in this whole chapter. He's saying because God is Mm. sovereign, because he's eternal, he has every right to judge. He has every right to be in control. He has been here since before the mountains were even created. And so Moses has that strong understanding. And yet we get to this verse 14 and we see this intimate relationship with God that is also expressed through his words. It's almost a pleading to God, even in the midst of understanding, Yes, you know, God, you are sovereign and we have failed as your people. You know, you know all of our sins, he says in this chapter. You know all of them. The, the ones that are even hidden, the Lord knows. And yet we come mm. to you still. You're still our dwelling place. We come to you um, even in the midst of this and say, satisfy us with your unfailing love mm. so that we can have joy. And so there's this personal understanding that because God is a covenant-keeping God, He is going to be faithful to His people, to His children. Even though they sinned, they were in rebellion, they were living out some of the ramifications of their sin, and yet even in the midst of that, God would be their dwelling place, and He would fulfill them. He would satisfy them even in the midst of that season. So that's kind of the big backdrop mm. to, to our verse this week. I really appreciate you going into the background and the history. The context of this verse is so rich, but it's so important that we understand Moses is not being flippant. (laughs) And, And, you know, the other thing that I was thinking as you were sharing, Crystal, is we have to remember that he was royalty. He had been brought into Pharaoh's home and raised as Pharaoh's son. And so he had tasted the opulence, Mm -hmm. the decadence, the extravagance of Egypt. And it's so rich to me that one of the the people of Israel, their complaints when they were wandering in the desert, you know, take us back to Egypt where all the good treats Mm -hmm. are, you know, (laughs) and Moses must have been thinking, you guys have no idea. You know, I was in the palace and, and I know better than anyone could possibly know that that doesn't satisfy. So for Moses to say, God, satisfy us, he's understanding nothing else can because I've tasted all of it. He's not saying, God, send me back to live in Pharaoh's palace. Send me back to be Pharaoh's stepson. He's saying, I need you to satisfy me. And, you know, this is a rich word in the Hebrew, the satisfy, it's saba. And it's to have enough to fill to overflowing. It's either an appetite or a desire that is not just filled, but overflowing and to be completely satiated. So Moses is saying, God, nothing is going to satisfy us but you. And and the other thing that came up for me when you were sharing is, isn't this just the picture that God was giving them as they wandered those 40 years of the manna, right? Mm. God was showing up through that manna every morning. It was like dew on the ground. He said, here's your bread. But guess what? It's only bread for today. If you try to keep it, if you try to store it, if you try to save it, it's going to be rotten by tomorrow. Because I need you to get used to being satisfied in my presence, not once a week, but every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes 
I'll go first. I sometimes forget that I need to be satisfied in his presence every day. Oh, I had a really, really good worship time or a really good time in the word last week. Maybe that'll hold me over. (laughs) And Moses is understanding this has to happen every morning. This has to happen every day. Satisfy us. You're the only one who can. And then God providing the manna to his people saying, just like you need food every day, you need to feed on my presence every day. Because as men and women made in my image, you are spiritual beings and your spiritual food is found in my presence. And without me, you will never, ever be satisfied. The other thing that I thought of as you were sharing is, this is Isaiah 55. The prophet Isaiah spoke to this whole concept of being satisfied. In Isaiah, in chapter 55, verses 1 and 2, he says this, You there... Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what doesn't satisfy you? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in my abundance." So these passages are holding hands, Mm -hmm. if you will. They're both saying the same thing. There is only one place for us to be fulfilled, to be satisfied, to be satiated, and it's in God's presence. And, And that is why the context, what you shared about the season that Moses is in, is so critical to us. Because he had a really bad season in the desert, and he wasn't asking God to bring his sister or his brother back to life. He wasn't asking God to bring them to the promised land. He was saying, God, you're the one who's going to satisfy it. In the middle of death, of loss, of grief, of things falling apart, we need more of you. We need to be satisfied every morning by your love. So, so Crystal, as you meditate on the context, the verse, what Moses is actually saying to us in his wilderness season What is a choice that you would encourage our listeners to make this week? Man, it's so convicting because they really tried everything to find satisfaction. You know, the Israelites are a really good, like a template that show us how we all tend to live our lives out. So we get to kind of stand back and judge them for a moment. And then we have to turn around and apply it to ourselves. (laughs) But it's like, man, they tried everything and it didn't work. Like you're saying, they tried, um, you know, their sin didn't satisfy them. It only brought more death and more destruction into their lives. Their freedom from captivity didn't satisfy them. It took them a few days, like you said, and they were done with freedom. You know, they weren't slaves any longer. They actually could be free and go and live and flourish, and that didn't satisfy them. And even if you look down the road past this time period, even their future success and abundance as a nation and the blessing of God, they got their eyes off of the one true God and they were no longer satisfied. And they ended up worshiping all these other false gods and bringing, you know, just a terrible cycle into the lives for generations where where they walked away from God. And so um, it's easy to look at them as a starting place, but then say, okay, but where how am I the same? Because we do, we, mm. we just have such a tendency to be drawn away from what truly satisfies. And so when I try to take that big concept and narrow it down to a daily choice, I think about 
What is it that will keep me living in the truth that every day that I live out, I'm living in the presence of the holy, eternal God? And am I finding joy and satisfaction in that? Or am I grabbing at things that are not eternal, that cannot do what only God can do? And so it may be as simple as the choice when I wake up in the morning or for the listeners, you know, when you start your day out to try to ask or try to even just say out loud, today is a day that I'm living in the presence of a holy, eternal, sovereign God. And allow mm-hmm. that to be the starting point of approaching your day. Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked with uh, homeless individuals for, for many years in homeless shelters. And so I've seen that side of what it looks like when everything is temporary. Because when you're in a state of homelessness, every aspect of your life feels so temporary. Your belongings are temporary. Your um, relationships oftentimes are very temporary. Your plans for the future, everything is just changing moment to moment. And there's no anchor. There's no anchor in that. And we don't have to live that way spiritually. You know, we have that Mm. anchor of an eternal holy God who loves us, his unfailing love is there and available to us. And so to hold on to that truth and invest in those things that that are eternal, that point us back to our foundation of living in mm. the presence, receiving the love of an eternal holy God. Mm. Crystal, thank you. That's beautiful. Uh, one of the things that I have done for years, and I don't say this to toot my own horn, actually, it's the opposite. This just tells you how dependent I am on God. I don't get out of bed in the morning until I have two to three minutes of just acknowledging his presence mm-hmm. and asking him to flood me, fill me, overflow me with his love. I start each day remembering that God loves me. And that is my goal. I I run on yerba mate tea, (laughs) B vitamins. You know, I I need a lot to get me going in the morning. But I have learned over the years that I need his love more than I need my tea or my breakfast or my phone or whatever is pulling me from the world. I need to receive his love. So I encourage, along with what you're saying, I encourage all of us to, you know what, if you if you need to set your alarm five minutes early, like let's set a realistic goal. Could you get up, wake up, not even get up, wake up five minutes earlier if you were promised this abundance, this joy, this being saturated to the point of overflowing spiritually. That is what this promise is here to us through Moses in Psalm 9014. It's also what we reiterated from Isaiah 55. Again, we are spiritual beings made in the image of God. If we're not eating physically, we're not going to last more than a couple months And so why do we think that we're going to be strong and vibrant and growing and have endurance spiritually if we're not feeding on how much he loves us? That is our spiritual fuel. We get it by being in his word, but we first and foremost get it by being in his presence, which calls us into his word. If we're not taking a moment to stop and say, God, I acknowledge, like you're saying, that you are eternal, that you are worthy of my worship, I receive 
the bigness, the awesomeness, the sovereignty of who you are today. But I want that to come down and I want it to crash into my life. I want you to flood me with your love because it's there and only there that I will be satisfied. One of my favorite quotes, Crystal, is by an old school preacher named Alexander McLaren. And he said, the only thing that will secure lifelong gladness in my heart that I will be satisfied now with the experience of God's love. This means that nothing will satisfy the human heart, my heart, ultimately, except for God. Only God can fulfill us. Only God can make our lives worth living. Not, not like Moses is saying, not the manna, <laughs> not the things God gives, not the palace he lived in, but his presence And so that's the choice I'm asking all of us to make. Let's just set our alarm five minutes earlier and not get out of bed, but say, God, I want to start today by receiving more of your love that I would be satisfied today in your presence. And like this verse is saying, I will be glad all of my days until I am in your presence for all of eternity in heaven. Crystal, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for sharing the wisdom, the truth, the insight that God has given you. I so appreciate you being here today. Listeners, next week we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, verse 39. So go ahead and start meditating. It's one of my very favorite chapters, Romans chapter 8. We're going to be in verse 39 next week. My dear friend Melina Puente will be back, so you don't want to miss that. Let's pray. And Crystal, once again, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Father God, we come to you in the strong and powerful name of Jesus. And I pray that with Moses, we would come to you and say, God, satisfy us every morning with your unfailing love. So we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. God, we recognize that you are the only one who can fulfill us. You are the only one who can satisfy us. You're the only one that can satiate the desires that we have the appetites the desires you fill us up you saba us satisfy us in a way that nothing here on this earth can and i pray that we would start every day acknowledging who you are that you are the eternal god of psalm 90 And we need you to crash into our lives with your love. Fill us up with your love that we would be men and women that glorify you all of our days. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for your grace with us. Thank you that you are a long suffering God. Thank you for calling us, drawing us to yourself and not giving up on us, even when we give up on ourselves, and being present for us, even when we, like Moses, go through wilderness seasons, we can trust that you will never abandon us, you will never leave us, you will always be with us, and you are forever faithful. And it is in the powerful name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For this one thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.